when an accident miraculously gives a boy an incredibly powerful pitching arm. He becomes a major league pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Well done. This is Ryan. This is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is this podcast. It's also a podcast where I can't say words, <laughs> like miraculously. Or accident. Because he <laughs> I said did, accident. I did say accident the first time yeah. I tried to say that. Um, hi, guys. Welcome to another episode, episode 69. Jeez. Chuckle, chuckle, uh, if you have a 12-year-old sense of humor like I do. 15-year-olds are going. <laughs> is, is there a lot of 15-year-olds listening to our podcast? We don't know. That's true. Hi, teenagers. Yeah. There's a lot of cussing. and not. Have not you met that, a teenager? That's true. And I, I'm also very against censoring children. Let them say fuck, you know? It's just a word. It is. Don't give it power. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And also, like, what? how much power does the word fuck have? It's just a fun word. It is. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) I feel like it's old school. Where he's like, if you just tell him earmuffs, you can say any word you want. And he's just like, fuck, shit. (laughs) Um, Anyway. This week, we're doing the 1993 classic Rookie of the Year, and I feel like we've done a lot of 1993 movies. Yeah, because very recently we did Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. Three Ninjas, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, That might have been 92. I think it was 93. I don't know. All right. Who knows? I mean, the internet, probably. Yeah. And half of our listeners, probably. They're going, well, we listened to it, and you said the year it came out, guys. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a week. We don't know. <laughs> what was that laugh, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I could just do my Crispin Glover. <laughs> they don't get that reference. They'll get that reference in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this week we're doing Rookie of the Year, another winner of the loser bracket, which mm-hmm. we need to fill out. We yes. want What we want to do is actually Ryan's going to fill out his. I'm going to fill out mine to kind of get guesses on what's going to win each week but yeah. you said if we would have did that the first week you would have lost yeah. immediately and i truthfully i would have lost this week really i thought wedding crashers was going to win it was very close probably one of our closer polls after tallying twitter facebook and instagram it was 20 votes for wedding crashers 24 votes for uh rookie of the year yeah 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 but i also did tell you that i would have had Three Ninjas being the ultimate loser. Like the last movie we'd ever yeah. watch. Yeah. Sound Not ever. Not ever. That sounds like we're like honestly saying we're going to end the podcast. The winner slash loser yeah. of our tournament. Let's go down memory road and hit us with some 1993 facts. Yes. This movie was released on July 9th of 1993. It had a budget of $31 million. A little high. In uh, a... Box office gross of $56.5 million. So it was pretty successful. Uh, popular movies from 1993 were Jurassic Park. We just mentioned Mrs. Doubtfire. And also The Fugitive. 
Ooh. Uh, some popular TV shows were Coach, Frasier, and Murphy Brown. The number one song of the week the movie came out was That's the Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson. A couple other popular songs were A Whole New World from Aladdin by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell, and also Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Nice. Yeah. Obviously, A Whole New World. Yeah. That was my jam in 1993. Yeah, that was a... I loved everything about Aladdin. Yeah. There's songs in that movie I like more than that, specifically one sung by Robin Williams. Yes. But that is a very good song. A timeless yeah. song almost at this point. I agree. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what is one of your earliest memories of this movie, Rookie of the Year? I definitely saw this in theaters. Uh-huh. I feel like it was a movie that I had to wait a long time for it to get to the cheap theater. But in hindsight, I probably didn't have to wait that long. Yeah. It probably just felt like a long time. But it kind of gave you this dream of... Even at my young age, if I go outside and slip and break my arm, I could pitch for the Cubs. I wonder how many children tried to break their arms. Oh, God. Thinking that this could actually happen. It would be interesting if like, the creators of this movie were sued multiple times. They had to put a disclaimer in <laughs> like, the beginning. Stop trying to slip into your yard and break your arm. This is a fiction movie. This can't really happen yeah. that we know of. I always got this movie confused with that other movie. Little Big League? Little Big League. Okay. That's... I, I think Little Big League, he becomes the coach. Yes. Because yeah. like he inherits the team. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, he becomes a player. That's very Totally different. I don't know how you confuse these. <laughs> it's two little boys Yeah. and baseball. And also, I think many... they came out like a year apart. Yeah. And how many baseball movies were there? In the 90s, like Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Sandlot. Yeah. There was four that probably came out in a three-year period. Yeah. People Or maybe them. a two-year period, because didn't Sandlot come out this year? In 93? Yeah. That sounds right. So we got these two in 93, and then in 94, I'm pretty sure we got Angels in the Outfield and uh, Little Big League. That's true. And then we were getting other movies, like the Major League Two came out in 1994. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People so like many baseball, baseball movies. movies. Yeah. Yeah. I also own this on VHS and it was in one of those old white plastic cases yes, that opened. Like Disney cases. Yeah, it was in like a Disney case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. So much plastic. Yeah. Fill um, and landfills. Yeah. But I think the thing I remember from this movie is obviously having a thing for Thomas Ian Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, he's adorable. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, there being some hilarity ensuing because he's a child mm-hmm. and he's going to go play on this team full of grown men and they're not happy about it, I'm sure. Can you imagine if you were the pitcher who like gets dropped from the pitching rotation for a 12 year old? Like, oh, Ugh. where did I go wrong? Right. So, I mean, I remember watching this movie, but again, I got it confused with a little big league so it's understandable yeah like we said there was a lot of baseball movies coming out around then for sure yeah so do you think this film will hold up to your adult standards i think just on paper the premise of the movie is really far-fetched obviously however i think it's going to be funny 
and I'm going to enjoy watching it, and I think it will hold up. We obviously did a kid kids movie last week with Three Ninjas, and it did not hold up. I think this one's going to be better acted, more well-made in general, and I think it's going to be enjoyable. Well, the budget itself is yes. like 20 times the budget of the Three Ninjas. It is significantly higher. And there's some uh, legit actors mm-hmm. in it. Uh, so Hopefully no characters named Jerry Curl. Oh, God. Hopefully. But Hopefully. you never know. Yeah. Early 90s. Anything's possible. I also think it will hold up. I think it will be enjoyable. I feel like we watched this... A few years ago. Yeah. Like five years ago, maybe? Maybe a little longer. Okay. I do remember enjoying it at that time, so I think I will also enjoy it now. Yeah. Even when I'm being extra critical and mean. That's true. The last time we watched it, when it ended, I didn't have this thought in my head of why did we buy this movie? It was terrible. Yeah. Or like, I just wasted two hours of my life. Yeah. I'm not getting that time back. So yes, I'm going 100% is going to hold up. For sure. Where can you stream this movie? Um, You can stream it on the Stars app. Mm-hmm. If you have a star subscription, Um, it looks like it might be on DirecTV's uh on demand and that's about it but you can also rent it and buy it on various platforms so and i actually do remember when we had the major league baseball network Mm -hmm. they would show this movie all the time oh wow so there's a possibility it's going to be shown on tv this week for all we know that's true yeah who knows yeah yeah so we're gonna go watch that we're gonna go ahead and hit the pause pause and go watch rookie of the year Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Rookie of the Year, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and there was quite a few. There was a lot. A lot. A lot. Who was the first person you noticed? Well, I guess we'll talk about the main character, Played by Thomas D. Nicholas. We already kind of talked about him, but he plays Henry. Mm -hmm. How do you say his last name? Rowan Gardner. Rowan Gardner. Mm -hmm. And Thomas Ian Nicholas has been in quite a few things. Uh, You might know him from American Pie, Kid from King Arthur's Court. And I I don't know the last thing I saw him in. I know he played Walt Disney. In oh, a PBS yeah. documentary series okay. that they did about him like a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, acting. Yeah. For me, my first one was Jonathan Candy. Yes. As Cliff Murdoch. He plays the radio announcer mm-hmm. or television announcer for the Cubs. And John Candy was in Home Alone, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Great Outdoors, Uncle yeah. Buck. Stripes. Cool Runnings. Yes. As a kid, I loved John Candy. Spaceballs. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was just great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love rewatching any movies with him in it because he's just so good. I was going to say, and there's a lot of movies I've seen where he just makes like in this, he's not a star by any means in this movie, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm happy to see him. Yes. Yeah. My next one was Amy Morton. Mm-hmm. She plays Mary, Henry's mom, and she 
has been in quite a few things, but she is in the Chicago, I'm going to say universe, mm-hmm. because she's been on all of the Chicago PD, Fire, Justice, which was short-lived. Um, this as, movie set huh? in Chicago? Yeah, she's from Chicago. Oh. Um, but she played uh, Trudy Platt, she plays Trudy Platt on Chicago PD. So I was pretty excited to see her. Yeah, and you pointed out, I, I didn't never watch any of those, but you pointed out she's on like every episode. Yes. Yeah, she's a main person. Uh, my next one was Andy Berman. He played Ernie, who I think is more like the stats guy for John Candy. Mm-hmm. And he was on the Jamie Foxx show. And the thing I actually remember him from was he was Chuck Coleman on The Wonder Years. Yes. Which was mm-hmm. Wayne Arnold. Uh, Kevin's older brother? Yeah, the one that was in Back to the Future. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Jason Hervey. Yeah. Uh, it was like his best friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was sure. on quite a few episodes. Uh, my next one is Robert High Gorman. Mm-hmm. He, he plays Clark, one of Henry's best friends. And he was in a bunch of stuff around this time because that I can't forget that haircut. No. I got that haircut. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was a good haircut. I got a haircut, guys. Um <laughs> And it does not look like Clark's. <laughs> it's like a shaggy thing. Um, he was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, uh, Forever Young. Mm-hmm. That's a big one that I remember him from was Forever Young with Mel Gibson. Yeah, I saw that movie a couple times, but mm-hmm. I've seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead quite a few times. Yes. Um, who was your next one? My next one is, you mentioned Clark and we talked about Henry. Their third like best friend, his name is... In the movie is George, mm-hmm. but in real life, his name was Patrick Labreck, I believe. I remember him as being one of the counselors in Heavyweights. Yes. He was in Camp Nowhere. He was in Beethoven. Pretty much anything I liked as a child, this person was in it. But I feel like this is the movie where he had the biggest part. For sure. He had a lot more lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely is one of those faces that I see and I'm like, he was in a lot of 90s kids movies. He does have a line in Heavyweights that I always remember is when Ben Stiller goes into the one bunk. Uh-huh. He was like, I was a chipmunk last year, sir. And he like starts showing him the hiding places. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a snitch. But he also was this, he was the person that was sneaking food into the camp for kids. That's true. Yeah. He had a business. Yeah. A side hustle. Mm-hmm. My next one was Bruce Altman. Mm-hmm. He plays Jack, who is Mary's boyfriend. And he's been in quite a few things. Uh, most recently, he was in Chemical Hearts, which is a movie on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And Ozark yes. he was in. He played, uh, why can't I think of her name? <laughs> oh, Laura Linney Laura is Linney. the actress's name. I can't think of her character's name. Uh, her boyfriend before they moved to the Ozark. So yeah. if you've seen the show... You know what happens to him. I was going to say. It's not great. He has quite the exit from the show. <laughs> uh, and he's been in a bunch of other things, but mm-hmm. those are the two most recent things that I know him from. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I felt like he was in more things that I watched as a kid, but I looked him up and I was like, nope, just stuff that I know him from as an adult. Yeah. My next one was Columby Jacobson, I believe is how you would say her first name. I don't know. She plays Becky, who Becky. is one of Henry and Clark and George's friends from school. Yes. But more importantly, we know her as Julie the Cat Gaffney from D2 
and D3. Yeah. The Mighty Ducks. I was excited to see that. Mm-hmm. I was like, she looks really familiar. And then I looked through IMBD. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, we need to do Mighty Ducks one time. Yes, absolutely. And I I haven't seen D2 or D3 in forever. I know as a kid, I watched D2 more than any of them because for some reason we didn't own the first, the one. first one, but we own the second and third one. My next one is Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. He plays Chet Stedman, also known as Rocket, mm-hmm. in his prime, I guess. Yeah. You know Gary Busey. I would imagine that this had to have been right before his accident. Yeah. He was like how we remember him from Lethal Weapon. Yes. Uh, Lethal Weapon. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. He's from Lethal Weapon, Point Break. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah. He's a, a little eccentric. Yes. To say the least. Yes. Um, who is your next one? My next one is Eddie Brecken. Yeah. He plays Bob Carson, who's the owner of the Cubs. And the big thing I remember him from is Home Alone 2, where yes. he played Mis- Mr. <laughs> Duncan, owner of Duncan's Toy Chest. Yes. And he plays an equally sweet old man yeah. in this movie. He's had quite the career, too. Yes. I realized looking at his IMBD, but those are the two movies I know him from. He has a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he plays the owner of the Cubs and he's super nice, mm-hmm. which I don't think a lot of those owners are that way, really. I can't imagine too many of like them are... Like sweet old owners that, I didn't know we yeah. charged $3 for hot dogs, no, which sounds like a great deal now. They're usually heartless, and they'll trade you at a you know out of town in two seconds. Yeah, his <laughs> his nephew is more like what I'd imagine a baseball owner to be. Exactly. Who, by the way, is played by Dan <laughs> Hedaya, who plays Fish... Or Larry Fisher. Mm-hmm. You know him from Clueless. He plays Mel Horowitz, mm-hmm. Cher's dad, and First Wives Club. Yes. One of Ashley's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself in third person. Mm. Talking Why not? about myself in third person. Uh, and he plays uh, Bette Midler's husband, or ex-husband, in First Wives Club. And he's been in a bunch of other things, but those are the two main things I know him from. I know him as Doug and Steve Butabi's father. In a night at the Roxbury. That's also true. But the main thing would be Cher's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about how much we loved his character when we did the bonus sode. Join the Runers Club to get that clueless bonus sode at ruiningourchildhood.com. Nice plug. Yeah, thank you. Who is your next one? My next one is Albert Hall. He, he plays Sal Martinella, which is the coach of the Cubs. Yeah. He was in Malcolm X, Apocalypse Now, yeah. Major Pain. He's been in a bunch of stuff. National Treasure, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. We need to do that for the podcast. Yeah. This is just a podcast where me and Ryan list all the movies we want to do for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Should we start a new podcast where we just talk about <laughs> It's a podcast talking about movies we want to do for a podcast. Uh Neil Flynn plays Oki, one of the, I think he's the first baseman Correct. for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. He's been in Scrubs. He, I can't remember the janitor's name, the character name, but if you've ever watched Scrubs, he plays the janitor that hates Zach Braff's character. Yes. And he was Caddy's, Katie's, mm-hmm. Katie's dad in Mean Girls. Uh, and then he's also in the middle, which I think ended recently, but it was oh, on okay. for a while. Yeah, it was on for quite a few seasons. Yeah. My next one was the person that neither one of us knew directed this movie. Had no clue. His name is Daniel Stern. <laughs> uh, he plays Phil 
Bregma, which is the bullpen coach or pitching coach, I think, yeah. for the Cubs. And you know Daniel Stern from Home Alone, Home Alone 2, the narrator on The Wonder Years. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, he's Most recently, he's in Shrill. He plays... Yeah, Lindy West is dad. Yeah, well, not Lindy West. What is her character name on there? I can't remember. A.D. Bryant. A.D. Bryant's character's dad. Yes. <laughs> the next one is W. Earl Brown plays Frick. I don't know if he was like... he. They only showed him in like two scenes, mm-hmm. but he's been in Scream. He played the cameraman. Yeah. They gets killed. He's like the bullpen catcher in this okay, movie. Okay, yeah. That's like his job. And then he's uh, from Something About Mary and most recently Preacher. Oh, okay. My next one is Ian Gomez. Yes. Who is credited as Odd Bellman. <laughs> yeah. He was Larry on the Drew Carey show and Andy on Cougar Town. I think he was on every episode of Cougar Town. Yeah. But he just was in one scene. <laughs> he just like creepily <laughs> stares at uh, Daniel Stern. Yeah. And like, smiles. Yeah, but really close to his face. Yeah. It made me chuckle. It was a um, chuckle. Did you have anybody else? Uh, just quick mention, they show three actual Major League Baseball players. Yes. It's Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, and Pedro Guerrero. And they just literally get struck out by Henry. I only know one of those people. Barry Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla, fun fact, has the greatest contract in the history of baseball. He deferred like $6 million. And the Mets agreed to pay him like $1 million every year for 35 years because they didn't want to pay him six. Shit. Yeah. So he gets paid every year. He's like 55. So would they like off him if they needed the money? (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. That got dark. Yes. Okay. You want to move on? Yes. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, and that's it. Mm -hmm. The fashion was good. Yes, it was was interesting. Uh, The first thing that I noticed was the movie starts with just a montage, and I'm assuming it's supposed to be opening day for the Cubs, and it's just a bunch of baseball fans. And there's a guy walking (laughs) up to the stadium with his baseball glove tucked into his pants. Yeah, into the front of his yeah. pants. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know why either. I've never seen someone do that. Throughout the movie, they did have a couple times where they did that, where they were just showing fans coming in and out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And there was just so much fashion. Because, you know, like, that's real people. Yeah. Like, walking in and out of there. And yeah. there was just, like, a group of kids, and they all had fanny packs. And mm-hmm. it was like... Even though I know fanny packs came back for a second, or if they're like really, I don't know. I'd never wear them again. The, well, I did wear it at the beer festival we went to. Yeah. We, 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 we all did. Yeah. Well, they were giving them away for free. Yeah. So I guess my threshold on whether I'd wear a fanny pack is if I get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I would always wear one on vacation. Yeah. Well, they were sweet. They were. I had an awesome Darkwing Duck one. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Where is it now? I probably threw it away. You're a son of a bitch. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you have anything else as far as fashion? Yeah, I have a couple other things. We mentioned Bruce Altman as Jack. He goes to Henry's house to take oh. his mom out on a date. And he's wearing a shirt that it's like all the colors of the rainbow. Yes. He 
I noticed throughout the movie, he wore so many ugly shirts and they were all like the collar button up to the very top button. Yeah. And kind of flowy, which I feel like is kind of popular for women right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just the patterns. Yes. Screamed 1993. I was in a wedding in 1994 and I felt like the vest that i had to wear was a very similar pattern it was not a good look you know after the fact you don't realize at the time you're probably like sweet pattern bro when i was i literally remember thinking i like the colors of this yeah (laughs) everybody in the early 90s had horrible taste yes no the only other thing i wanted to discuss in this particular category was the fact that henry wears jeans to go play baseball in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. he's on a little league team, and I I took it as because he never gets to play, he only like half dresses because what's the point? But at the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, he goes back to his little league team, mm-hmm. and he's wearing the same jeans. I don't get that either. I did like that they had grass stains on the knees. Yeah, that took me back to being a child. It would be one thing if like. All the other kids on the team were also wearing like random different kinds of pants. Like Mm -hmm. maybe their team couldn't afford to get pants. Yeah. But the other team members had legit baseball pants on. And at the end of the movie, Chet Stebman's coach. Yeah. He could buy you all pants. And potentially his new daddy. That's that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) His new daddy. His mom's boyfriend. Uh. I always thought they hooked up and I realized they just like hinted that they liked each other. Yeah. So you have to use your imagination. Apparently, when I was a kid, I did. You're like, I'm like, they got married. They're going to get married. They're they're a cute couple. Yeah. And Henry definitely approves it. Yeah, for sure. You try yeah. to get them to hook up. Yeah. In front of him. <laughs> like you great... set the mood. Yeah. Anyway, what about dated references? Oh, I just wanted to mention oh, one sure. other thing for the clothing. Right when Henry figures out that he has this amazing arm, he goes home and he's... Uh, gonna pitch to george and clark and they're using couch cushions as chest protectors <laughs> to protect yeah. them when he throws they need protection no, his they, arm is crazy they definitely do as far as dated references mm-hmm. uh i i put this in because it was like the first thing that i noticed that i'm like that's totally something that you could get away with in the 90s i don't live in chicago so i don't know if like kids just go to baseball games by themselves like 12 year olds but Mm -hmm. i doubt that happens nowadays like here kids have some tickets get on a train get off the train by yourself and go to wrigley field yeah the fact that they rode the train by themselves i think was the part i'm like no no (laughs) and it's funny because i was just like oh that's totally like a 90s thing like you didn't have well not so much 90s but i guess before today (laughs) the last like 15 years mm-hmm. but us growing up we had a lot more freedom mm-hmm. and we weren't as protected protected i was gonna say surveilled <laughs> what's, the word? what's the word when parents are watching you surveilled I, I was just like oh that's such a 90s thing you're like well i did that my parents dropped me i'm like you also grew up mm. in the 90s yeah exactly uh, it's like he forgot how old you were i'm like oh yeah i'm old um <laughs> Another thing that I notice is Henry gets signed by Pepsi. Yeah. So they're going to remake those Diet Pepsi commercials right. that Ray Charles is in. And that he he's has like to lip syncing. Yeah. yeah. That was something. I did like the reference 
when Henry goes to his first game mm-hmm. and him and his friends knock on this big steel door and it opens up just like a little circle mm-hmm. by the Cubs logo and it's like an old man and it's totally like Wizard of Oz, which I thought was like a cute reference. And, yeah. and it even says like, well, that's a horse of a different color and like lets them in and I liked it. It was a really nice callback. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else? I did not. Apparently, I forgot to mention, I put this in dated references and not fashion choices because we usually talk about hair, but I loved uh, Brickma's Daniel Stern's character's sideburns were trying to meet each other in the middle of his face. Yeah. They are racing into his mouth. He had like almost mutton chops, I guess. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like they're racing to the middle of his face. (laughs) uh, Do you want to move on? Yes. Our next category, we're going to go ahead and get out our Game Boy and play some Tetris before our game and talk about some technology. There wasn't really any technology. I noticed the Game Boy. Yeah. Cliff Murdoch, John Candy has an old timey microphone. Right. That's about it. Yeah. I, I think the only thing I put in this category was when he was doing laundry at the beginning of the movie. I felt like their washer had the smallest laundry drum. Yeah that ever existed like i think you can fit three shirts in there which makes it more impressive when he throws the detergent packet in there i'm like well done that's not a big opening which shows you that he does have some sort of talent prior Mm -hmm. but he also like i don't know i don't get why he didn't get to play on his team other than i mean they did show him he's a little clumsy obviously he broke his arm you know he throws the baseball out (laughs) of the field (laughs) over the outfield wall yeah yeah So I guess it was warranted that he rode the bench quite a bit. Yeah. Did you have anything else Mm -mm. in this category? Well, that was a very, very quick category. I was going to say, there wasn't even really any TVs barely in this. It's very focused on the game. Yeah. And his experiences with being a major league baseball player. Very true. So we'll move on to the next category is it even good where we talk about the plot the plot holes and the funniest and cringiest parts of this movie Mm -hmm. i almost said episode it's not an episode it's a movie movie (laughs) what did you think about the plot i don't think that it's uh very believable that the cubs are going to sign a 12 year old but there was parts of it that i was like okay I like when he gave up a home run and he hits the next guy. Yeah. He didn't do it on purpose, but I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, that's something I would have did. Yeah. Oh, I gave up a home run. Let me drill the next guy. I actually think that it is believable. Obviously, it's not believable that a kid would just have this ability because he broke his arm. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it would be kind of believable for a struggling baseball team to be so desperate that they need to try to find a way to profit. And this is like a... A marketing scheme. That part I totally agree with. Yeah. Because teams in the 70s did stuff like that. Like anything to get a crowd in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Indians famously did 10 cent beer night. Yeah. Probably not the best choice in the no. world. Mm-mm. To get a bunch of Clevelanders to get trashed. <laughs> yeah. But I get what you're saying. Like the fact that it doesn't seem believable that they would choose a 12-year-old over, like, probably all these other talented people. But at the same time, they kind of set it up for, like, this team needs to, they're desperate to get sales back up. Yeah. So. Because they did say if they don't start selling out games, they're going to lose the team because yeah. they don't have the money. 
And I do wonder, did the Cubs have a really bad showing, like, back in the day? I know, obviously, I know everything about the curse and, mm-hmm. and like, uh, no, that's the Red Sox, sorry. They were cursed as well. Yeah, everybody's cursed. Yeah. If you oh, don't win, you're cursed. Yeah. But they hadn't won for a really long time yes. as well. So I understand that. But did they have like a low showing? I That or, part. What's the word I'm looking for? Low attendance. Attendance. That part, I I think you're onto something. I don't think that's true. Yeah. In my lifetime, the Cubs have been bad and good. And even when they're bad, and they have their fans a, show up. Yeah. I'm like, they have a really strong fandom. Yeah. Exactly. Almost to an, an annoying degree, would you say? Uh, you're talking to a person who <laughs> rooted against them in the 2016 World Series. I yes, know. I agree. They I was there. have an annoying fandom. Uh, but it's kind of like the Browns. Browns have been terrible. Right. They sell out every game. Yeah. Because people are just waiting for that miracle to happen. Exactly. So. One of these days. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's not going to happen. Now we can move on to the plot holes. Mm-hmm. What were yours? I mentioned it's not believable that the Cubs would sign a 12-year-old. Major League Baseball actually prevents you from signing anyone under 16 years old. Oh. So that, Is that new? Did uh, that be- come from this movie? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know when it was instituted. Oh. Does that mean somebody tried to? Well, because aren't there people that lie about their age? Like, there's they always, they always say, like, kids from, like, the Dominican Republic yes. lie they, about their age. Famously, will always make you younger than what you oh, are. Yeah. So then, when they mm-hmm. sign you, they think they're signing a sixteen-year-old, but they're really twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of like a B plot. Is this character of Gary Busey's Chet, mm-hmm. who is a baseball player who's older, who's obviously past his prime. Yes, but he's still hanging on, not very well. But it's kind of like this slightly depressing reality that a lot of athletes yeah go through definitely it's kind of another plot hole is the first game they bring henry in they're like we're done with you you're garbage to gary Busey. right he gave up i calculated to be three runs and in seven innings which is not that bad right that's a that's a good outing for any pitcher yeah but they act like he just went out there and made it through one inning and gave up 10 runs right like you said it's a reality for these guys yeah their body starts breaking down I looked it up, and Gary, I, I don't know how old Chet is supposed to be, mm-hmm. because I know, like, past your prime in baseball is probably, like, 30, like, mid-30s. Mid-30s, yeah. Do you think that baseball has a little bit more of a, like, an age range of being in your prime versus other sports? I feel like baseball and hockey are ones that you can play into your 40s. Right. There's the rare guy, like, Satchel Page, I think, pitched at 53 years old. But basketball, no team signing a 40-year-old for the most part. That's true. Because you have to run. Yeah. You know, especially pitchers, you can just stay on the mound. That's true. Yeah. There's been quite a few in my lifetime that, you know, they're 40 years old and they're still throwing heaters. Yeah. It's still super depressing. I agree. My first plot hole was I didn't really understand why Fish went through Jack to be Henry's manager when he's just literally... Has only been dating Mary for three weeks. I know some time has passed because he breaks his arm and they do like a short montage and then he gets his cast off. And I know that probably took a couple months to heal. But the fact that instead of just going directly through the mom, he's just like, I'm going to get this skeezy boyfriend to become his manager. And he wouldn't be allowed to, like, he's not his guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Fish and Jack are scheming to sell Henry to the Yankees. Yeah. But it's in September. So, like, the trade deadline's passed so that you can't trade him. And then if you're talking to the Yankees about selling him, like, that's tampering? That's true. So, like, none of that made sense to me. uh, I also, like, along those lines, felt like there was a plot hole because he, uh, Jack has Mary sign a contract uh, when they're at the Pepsi commercial and she's kind of distracted because she feels like her kid's being, like, overworked and exploited a little bit. Yes. But he has her sign it and I'm like, what is that contract for? Because you're, like, in the previous scene, you were talking to Fish about selling him, basically. So, I'm like, did... You guys just sign away him to the Yankees? That's exactly what I took that contract to be. But then by the end of the movie, he just said, I'm quitting. And nobody was like, but you already are due to go play for the Yankees. Yeah. It made no sense because I took it as she just signed paperwork to sell him to the Yankees. Yeah. We talked about how that's not possible. (laughs) And then Mr. Carson finds out about it and makes his nephew a hot dog vendor because yeah. he's so upset about it but i'm like well that doesn't just void the contract that you yeah signed. but i guess maybe they just kind of worked it out because uh, like at the end of the the movie at that game where he said he's not going to play anymore after like this season mm-hmm. he re-breaks his arm or i guess falls on his arm so it goes back to just being a normal child arm i was gonna say just the tendons are now normal yeah, yeah. so he loses that so i guess it, even if he was supposed to go to the yankees like the Yankees probably don't want him anymore. <laughs> like we just watched him pitch underhand yeah. to win their division. <laughs> we um, don't want him. Did you have any other plot holes? We kind of talked about it when we were watching the movie and the last game. Henry's arm is now normal and he can't throw fastballs anymore. Yeah. So he walks some batters and then he uses some creative ways to get people out. The hidden ball trick that he does would not be allowed. But you can do the hidden ball trick. It's yeah. just the way he does it. The way they do it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a movie. Exactly. I think the only other like slightly major plot hole I had was just because I feel like in movies like this where you're a kid and all of a sudden you're like famous or something and your friends start getting annoyed with you because you don't have as much time for them or not even famous, but you know, there's you can think of how many high school movies where people are like, you changed, man. Now you're popular and you don't mm-hmm. have time for your friends. And they already, they have that moment. George yeah. gets really upset with him because he's late one time. Henry didn't forget about them when he no. becomes a baseball player. They go to every single yeah. home game. I questioned if Mary had custody over those two children because even when Henry wasn't around, they were with her at all times. Like, yeah. Do these children have parents? <laughs> But I agree with you. I'm like, so he was late one time and you guys, screw you, man. More George than Clark because yeah. Clark was like, it's like, hey, stop fighting, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have anything else as far as plot holes? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, what was your funniest line or moment? My funniest line, and it's a moment that I even quoted when it was happening because I remember it from our, when I was a kid. Henry has broken his arm and he's getting his cast removed. And the doctor is checking the mobility of his arm. And he's like, now slowly, to Henry, slowly rotate your arm forward. And Henry smacks the doctor in the face because the tendons are so tight. And the way the doctor grabs his face and says, oh, oh, funky butt loving. (laughs) And then they cut to George and he even says, he's like, did he just say funky butt loving? In our poll, I'm pretty sure Brandy Uh put 
that line in there. Nice. Yeah. Love Uh, it. What about um, you? I enjoyed that part Mm -hmm. a lot. I do like when they make Henry uh, go up to bat for the first time. And obviously, it's really scary because he's 12. He's a very tiny child. And they're making him go bat. Yes. With these really fast balls. He like barely steps into the box. He's like in the top left corner. And he's just like so scared. I like how the umpire even said he's like, son, you need to step into the batter's box because he's he's not even in it. Yeah. And the fact the umpire calls him son, like it's a little league game. Yeah. And I also love when uh, Brickma, Daniel Stern's character, gets stuck in the doors, between Uh the doors, because he's just like, he does all these like physical comedy that I don't know if it was necessarily needed, but it was was still pretty funny. I was going to say, it's appreciated. Yeah. Because if you think about when you're a kid, you probably remember those parts a lot. Yeah. You know, those were some of the scenes that I I remember him getting locked in the equipment cage and stuff like that. The physical reactions that he does, I just think of Marv from Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. He has a distinct scream. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess the last one I'll mention is just when they're getting home from a travel game and they're at the airport and Henry is getting bombarded with all these paparazzi and Mm -hmm. news reporters and Chet's trying to help him get through the crowd and he's like, hot coffee, hot (laughs) coffee. And I'm like, what? He's like, move out of the way. Hot coffee coming through. Uh. It just just made me laugh. I don't even know if it was supposed to be funny, but just the way Gary Busey delivered it was hilarious. I was going to say, I enjoyed it. Uh, What was your cringiest line or moment? My cringiest moment is Henry, you can tell like the media appearances and commercials has kind of ran thin on him. Yeah. Jack gets really mad at him and starts yelling at him. And he's telling him like, your mom probably doesn't know who your dad is literally tells a 12 year old basically that your mom who i'm dating is a whore yes he's a good guy real good guy that jack that one was pretty bad um mine was just when the children were talking about their classmates boobs yes and george especially they're talking about becky uh who is the pretty girl in their class and he's like talking about her breasts and he's like mill's done that body good and i'm like you're 12 because henry goes i like when henry goes she's not that hot and he's like not that hot not that hot yeah (laughs) so offended yeah yeah mill does a body good a little crunchy there buddy yeah do you want to talk about the one part towards the end that was super weird oh yes it was when bob finds out bob is the owner of the cubs finds out that his nephew fish has tried to sell Henry to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He like has Henry and his mom leave his office and uh, Fish starts to whimper like he's a little puppy, like he's going to get beat. It was a very interesting choice. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, what the fuck is that? We both looked at each other like, what the fuck is Dan Hedaya doing? He's, he's like whimpering. A, he's like a grown man. Yeah. It was weird. It was. Got a weird vibe from it. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about anything else? Yes. Okay. Um, right off the bat, we obviously know this movie was probably filmed in Chicago, judging by the fact the majority of the movie's at Wrigley Field. Right. And this is, I mentioned this on the Fantastic Four thing. I hate when you use a stadium and then claim it's a different stadium. They use what was Comiskey Park, which is the White Sox Stadium, mm-hmm. and they claim it to be Dodger Stadium. So that just oh, hurts okay. me. 
like they did a wide shot over Dodger Stadium, but then everything inside the stadium was clearly Comiskey Park. That's just a something I didn't notice. Yeah, I don't care about baseball that much, and I'm a nerd for stadiums. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're a nerd for stadiums. I am. That's our next T-shirt. Yeah, I don't know what else I wanted to talk about. I feel like we talked about everything else. I guess. The only thing I I totally forgot about that little plot twist that his mom was actually a pitcher. And Mm -hmm. like after you talked about how Jack like yelled at Henry and all this stuff and there's a big uh, fight and Mary dumps him because he's a piece of shit. Let's be honest. Yes. And uh, and she kind of sat him down. She's like, I wanted to tell you the truth about your father. And Henry's like, I already know that he left you and that he you didn't know him very well and stuff like Mm -hmm. they never explain what happened to his dad he just always talked about how his dad was a pitcher yeah and that's he wants to be a baseball player because his dad was good at pitching mm-hmm. but in actuality his mom was the pitcher because yes. her name was in the glove and mm-hmm. i just it sucks that a mom has to feel like she needs to build up this deadbeat dad because she wants her son to have like a good role model mm-hmm. instead of just being like you're obviously the best role model he can have. Yeah. And he even says that to her. He's like, you are the person. You're a good parent. You Like, I don't need a dad to be a good person. No. You know? No, I totally agree with you. But Building up this dad for him. Yeah. Wasn't necessary. There was a couple scenes that I just thought were funny. There's a scene where the Cubs go to a nightclub. And there's a scene where Mr. Carson is dancing with a younger lady. <laughs> and she kind of dips down but he goes like to hug and he realizes she's not there you don't have to do the actual uh, hug part sorry. and she realized he realizes she's not there and he's like where'd she go yeah yeah i think that's all i wanted to talk about okay talk- all i wanted to talk about other ready? than my other second quote is when uh martinelli sees henry pitch for the first time and he's like holy christmas <laughs> <laughs> that was great Martinelli has some interesting dialogue in the he, movie. He uh, just his main thing constantly is, is messing up Henry's last name. Yeah, calls him Garden Hoser. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much his uh, contribution to this film. Yeah, but it's hilarious. It is. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, let's move on. All right. As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. Just like today. Oh, yeah. It's the Emmys. Yeah, the Emmys are on tonight. The first award we give out every week is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? So I had a hard time choosing somebody because I thought they were a bad actor. Mm-hmm. I This time I kind of chose, as far as the character, whether they were really needed and because they were assholes. And that was Bruce Altman as Jack. Did you also Same. I started writing notes. I picked him because I was just like, his whole plot, it's really unnecessary to me because I feel like if you just had Henry and his mom as a single mother and maybe there's some sort of like romance that develops with Chet, Mm -hmm. that would be all you need. You don't need this other side villain because you already have a villain with uh, Dan Hedaya's fish. Yeah. So you don't need like extra villains, you know? Yeah. But then when the fight happens and he's yelling at Mary... Uh, after she catches him yelling at Henry, he's like, of course I can. Thank I, and you. And I was like, what are you, a Shakespearean actor? Yes. What is going on here? It, I don't know if he is maybe a Shakespearean trained actor. Maybe. 
But the way he delivers specifically those lines. Yes, the yelling lines. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. That is not what this movie needs. We don't (laughs) need you to show us that you know how to do Hamlet. Yeah. (laughs) We just need you to be a douchebag. Everything I've ever seen you in, Bruce Altman, you usually play one. He does. Yeah. And, and he's not a bad actor. I think he's a good actor, but yeah. it's just out of all the people in this film, I, I found him to be the most unnecessary. Unnecessary. And specifically, those scenes are like, whoa, your, your acting is not what we, we don't need this. this is a child's this. movie. You just yeah. assume there's going to be a lot of bad child acting. Yeah. And there really wasn't. No. No. Everybody did a very good job. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Thomas Ian Nicholas as Henry Rowan Gardner because I love how I can only imagine if I was a 12-year-old getting to play for my favorite team, I would be in awe of everything. Yes. And he does a great job of always, like, he gets walked in a baseball game and he's like, all right, <laughs> as yeah, he's, he's running to first base. He's, he's so excited. Yeah, he's just so happy to be playing. Yeah. That I, there's times where he gets a little stressed out, especially like when he's first pitching for the first time in a mm-hmm. game. And he has a really good scared face. Like he's just like, uh. but he does have like a great attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think he really brings like this joy of the game back into the lives of the other players. Like yeah. they realize like, Oh, yeah, I remember when this game used to be fun. Exactly. You know? This is me being 19 in the minor leagues, you yeah. know, and being happy to be playing a game. Yes. Yeah. And I think he also, like, kind of instilled that in, like, Chet, especially this, like, love of the game, which makes it even more heartbreaking, like, that last part. Mm-hmm. Like, when... And I want to give an honorable mention to Gary Busey because I felt like that last part where he he's pitching knowing that he's going to hurt his arm... But he does it anyway because that's he wants to prove that he can still play. Yeah, like and he had like tears in his eyes, and then Thomas Ian Nichols had to, Nicholas had tears in his eyes, and I was like, "This is getting deep." Yeah, yeah. Gary Busey was pretty decent actor. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I and I almost gave it to him because I thought he did a really good job at playing that like grizzled player that at first he was kind of a dick because obviously they did hire this twelve year old to potentially replace him and he he doesn't want to sign an autograph for him yeah but then he like softens up to him and Mm -hmm. he starts to enjoy like helping him out yeah he really takes to the mentoring of him but back to thomas e nichols i also liked all the parts where he is kind of clueless in a way like uh when he was sitting on the bench for the first game and oki walks up to him and he's like you're in my spot he's like pitcher sit over there and they pan over to all the pictures and they're looking at him like they're going to kill him. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, hey, <laughs> like, do you realize that they're all pissed off at you because you're you're probably going to pitch and they just get to sit there? Yeah. You're now going to be a superstar for this team, yeah. at least a media darling. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I just loved his like goofy smile when you just be like, he's just so happy to yeah. be there. He's so believable as a 12-year-old getting to live that dream. Yes. Yeah. And and him messing around with the players, like the pitcher uh, in the one uh, game when he's just like uh, yelling to him and saying that he, he has, has a big, big butt. butt. Yeah. <laughs> and the pitcher like looks at his butt. Yeah. He's like, he's like oh. all self-cautious yeah. about it. Yeah. 
It's like, shut up. You don't have a big butt. You have a big butt. So, yeah, we both agree on mm-hmm. both people, which is kind of crazy because it's a not a small cast. No. Going back to our Nicolas Cage, I did struggle to come up with someone, but it was specifically that scene where mm-hmm. Bruce Altman was like, I'm going to go Shakespearean on your guys' asses. I'm like, whoa, that's not needed here, man. Yeah. yeah. Get a little too fancy yeah. with that accent. You're supposed to be from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to our final thoughts? Do you think this movie held up? And did we answer? We said, yeah. We yeah, said we, yes. In the we beginning. both said it's yes. It's been such a long time. It hasn't. <laughs> it was literally a few hours ago. Yeah. Go ahead. I think it did hold up. I thought the acting was pretty decent all around for the entire cast. Gary Busey's pretty decent. The, all the kids in this movie, like even Clark and George, are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. It has a fun story to it. Yes. Not a lot of cringe to it either. No. It was a I, pretty fun movie. I agree. And I think it's because it focuses so much on baseball and his journey into becoming a major league player. I think it doesn't rely on anything. And it's almost in a way what makes this movie great is that we know it's the 90s because it came out in the 90s. But there's nothing to specifically say like it's the 90s. Yeah. Other than he's playing a Game Boy at one point. Yeah. Obviously, the way people dress, but I'm like, it's focused on baseball, which is a classic game. Mm -hmm. So, which hasn't changed so much to where you're like, they don't even do that anymore. I mean, there probably are rules that have changed, but very rare. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a, it was a really enjoyable movie. The children acting and it was great. Everybody else was great in the cast. It was a fun time watching it. I enjoyed it. I laughed quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Three Ninjas. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Poor three ninjas. Mm. It's amazing what, you know, 18 times the budget will do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just saying. So anyway, thanks guys for listening to another great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to head over to Facebook or Twitter on Thursday when we put up our next week poll. Next week's poll. I can't talk. And I'll get you those movies in just a second. And while Ashley looks those up, I'll tell you to head over to RooneyInOurChildhood.com and join our fan club. Join the Runers Club. You get some bonus sods. There'll be a new one out this Friday. Friday. In two days. In two days. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this not on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. it's it just it check the Runers Club feed. It's there. Check yes. your email if you're a Runers Club member. You're gonna get back to the future. Yes, yes. we discuss. Our love for Back to the Future. While you're there, check out our episode notes that Ashley puts together. It's like Ashley's commentary to the episode. (laughs) They're hilarious. Check them out while you're on ruinourchildhood.com. And I try to do corrections, Mm -hmm. too, because Lord knows we're not perfect. No. And we say a lot of stupid shit. It's what we do. Yeah, definitely check them out. They're they're. They're interesting. I thought they're funny. Yeah. yeah. I want to like start transcribing the show, but I just feel like that would just take like a thousand years. Oh my Lord. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> um. So next week we have In the Army Now Ooh. going up against Beethoven. Oh, wow. Yeah. We get to see George from yeah. this movie. Eventually. Beethoven, yeah. Or another Polly Shore classic. Oh boy. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready for that? Uh, I don't know that I am. (laughs) So I know we haven't been doing like uh, our pick and your pick, but I guess you can just 
say what you think is going to win. Okay. If you want. I think everybody's going to be a dick and pick in the <laughs> army now. So we have to watch a Polly Shore movie. Do you think all of our listeners are like, fuck you, Ryan? <laughs> Plus, in the army now was my Polly Shore pick. That's true. I don't know what Beethoven beat. I think that was your, that was your, Beethoven was your pick too because it was Homeward Bound. Oh, that yep. One. Mm-hmm. So. That's when I was on the losing streak. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think you're probably right, but I'm going to say Beethoven will win. Okay. But we'll see. All right. It's, it's weird because I feel like throughout the summer we've put up movies that have some sort of relation to each other and now it's just like a hodgepodge. Yeah. So. Polly Shore movie is going up against a dog movie. <laughs> it's it's chaos. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. So also on Fridays, it will be up on Instagram's poll. So check that out. Mm-hmm. And that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.